0: Say it like you mean it. Say, this is God's Word, not Pastor Evan's Word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the Word of God. I boldly declare... That my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, receptive. My my ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power that is in your word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but your word will never pass away. And so, Lord, I thank you today for the privilege... To communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ to your people. And I pray today, Father, that there will be no hindrances that will keep your word from entering our hearts. We take authority over the enemy and any distractions that may come. And Father, I thank you for the rightly divided word being communicated in such a way that when we leave, our minds will be renewed and our hearts will be changed. And Lord, I thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders taking place in our lives as a result of your word. And it's in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. Those of you who are at home, you may be seated. We've been in a series entitled The Verdict. Everybody say The Verdict. And the series has been centered around the negative effects that judgments have on our lives. And last week I actually thought I was finished with the series but there was no way as I thought through it I could even think about wrapping up such an important discussion without covering this critical topic that I have today. So if you're taking notes today and you have notes that you were given when you came in and those of you who are watching online your notes are available through uh, the Bible version app. Uh, If you're taking notes, the, the topic today is Stop Judging You. Stop Judging You. And if I had an opportunity to give today's message a subtitle, I would subtitle today's message Self Judgment, the Suicide to Personal Success. Self Judgment. The suicide to personal success. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to start out in 1 John chapter 3, verse 19. And I promise you today, I want those of you who are watching and those of you who are here to make sure you go back and watch this message at least one more time this week. Because when you're listening to a message, when you're watching a message, you're grabbing it, but you're not absorbing everything that's being said. Amen. Now, because we were born into a fallen world, everybody say a fallen world. We were born into a fallen world. Most people's perception of themselves derived from this fallen state that we were born in. In fact, most people don't even realize that their hearts are judged or condemned toward themselves. And self-judgment, everybody say self-judgment. Come on, write it in the comment section. Self-judgment is like drinking poison and expecting to live. Condemnation is the breeding ground for self-doubt, self-judgment, self-sabotage, and in some cases, self-hate. So I have three points for you this morning that I really want you all to mentally track with me. Because I believe this foundational message will change you for the rest of your life. So if you're taking notes, point number one is condemning me hurts me. Condemning me hurts me. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3. And let's look into what condemnation or condemning is. It says in in verse 19, I'm reading out of the King James Version. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him watch verse 20 now for if our hearts in fact why don't you read it with me for if our heart condemn us god is greater than our heart and knows all things notice it says here that if our heart condemns us god is greater than our hearts now before we move to our next point I want to point out three things about this verse right here. First of all, I want you to notice what this verse does not say. It does not say that if our hearts condemn us, God can still do anything. See, the problem I think most believers have is that we expect God to do the impossible, but our hearts are condemning us. And it's very difficult to have confidence towards God if your heart is condemning you. So that's number one. Number two, I want you to see that it is possible. Everybody say it's possible. It is possible for our hearts to get condemned. And then number three, condemnation, I want you to notice, takes place in the heart. And this is important to know because believing also takes place in the heart. You know, the scripture says, confess with our mouth and believe where? In our hearts. So if condemnation takes place in our heart, where believing also takes uh, takes place in our heart, then that means whatever is going on inside of our heart is what's going to govern our life. And if you and I have condemnation flowing in our heart, that is going to govern our life. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 in the New Living Translation says this. Guard your heart above all else. Why? Because it determines the course of your life. So if condemnation takes place in my heart, then it is going to dominate my life. So what does the word condemn means in that verse? It means, watch this now, to find fault and blame. It means to find fault and blame. And you would be surprised how many people, watch this, find fault and blame themselves for lots of things. And the moment you begin to blame Watch this now. And find fault in you is the moment condemnation starts working in your heart. Now watch what it says in verse 22. Uh, I mean, uh, verse 21. It says, Beloved, if our heart condemns us or finds fault and blames us, not... Then we have confidence towards God. Do you see that? He's saying if you and I will keep condemnation from working in our hearts, we will have confidence towards God. And that's why a lot of people don't have confidence towards God because their hearts are full of self-judgment or condemnation. Watch verse 22 and whatever when you have confidence towards god verse 21 says then whatever you ask you will receive of him why because we keep his commandments and those things that we do those things that are pleasing in his sight now when he says commandments don't think of the 10 commandments because if you think of the 10 commandments then you go back to the state of the law the law says you got to keep all 10 if you miss one you're responsible for the other nine too. We don't live under the law no more. Jesus came and fulfilled the law. The law that he's talking about is in the next verse. It says, and this is the commandment, watch this, that we should believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ. And the reason he says believe on him, because I'll show you later that when you and I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, it takes us out of the state of judgment. And then he says we should love one another as he gave us a commandment. So how does the process of condemnation works? Because it's a process. How does it work? And the reason I'm going to go over this with you, because if you know how condemnation works and the process, then you can stop it from working. Because if you don't stop self-judgment or condemnation from working, your heart will be condemned. And then your confidence towards God won't go down. It, it will go down. So let me explain the process of condemnation. Anytime, listen, because remember it means a fault or to blame. Anytime there is a fault or a blame concerning something, then there's typically a price, a penalty, or a punishment that's expected. So if when we have condemned ourselves, the chances of us expecting to pay a price, a penalty or punishment is high. Now, let me give you some example. Let's say for instance, you had an amazing job. I mean, it had amazing benefits. I mean, you worked with amazing people. It was an amazing environment and the benefits were amazing. But every now and then you and your manager bumped heads. Let's say one day you and your manager bumped heads and you decided that day to take the next step. Because how many know there's a next step? See, you got the spirit, you got the soul, and then you got the devil level. Those are three positions that you can have in your attitude. So let's say that day you decided to give your manager a piece of your mind and you went off on him or her. And you ended up getting fired. Let's say you get home and was home for a couple of days and you realize you were wrong. Now, if you blame and find fault with yourself, y'all better listen to me, church. Instead of forgiving and releasing yourself, you will silently Expect to pay a price and a penalty and a punishment for your mistake. I'm going to say that again. See, if you go off on your manager, you get home, you figure out, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. I was wrong. Then if you find fault and blame yourself, you will subliminally and mentally expect to pay a price, a penalty and a punishment for that mistake. But you say, well, pastor, it was my fault. My actions got me into that predicament and you are right. However, everybody say however. However, condemning yourself is not the way to handle that. If you choose to condemn yourself, you will expect to experience hardship, punishment, and pain. And there are some situations that people end up in. It was their fault. They did the wrong thing. They said the wrong thing. They were with the wrong person. The problem is, instead of forgiving themselves and releasing themselves, they judge themselves. Someone say amen to that. And if you choose to condemn yourself, you're going to expect to experience hardship. And watch this. Because in the back of your mind, watch this now, you may desire a new opportunity, watch this, but feel you don't deserve it because you've judged and condemned yourself. Sometimes, listen, some people never reach their previous success levels. Because, see, success has levels to it. And sometimes we'll reach a success level and we will make a mistake or we will make a choice and it pulls us down. And sometimes people never reach their previous success levels because in the back of their minds, they don't believe they deserve it. Okay, all right. Let's just, just look at your neighbor and say he's coming down your street right now. I'm talking to somebody online as well. Let's say you are a single mom or maybe a single dad in some cases. And you condemned yourself. You found fault and you blamed yourself. Or, watch this, somebody else condemned you and blamed you for getting pregnant without getting married. Now, remember the process of condemnation expects a price, a penalty, and what else? A punishment. So now here you are. You got pregnant out of wedlock. You're either condemning yourself, you're blaming yourself, you're finding fault with yourself, or somebody else, maybe your parents, are blaming you and faulting you as a result of having the kid. So watch this. What you don't know is once you self-judge yourself, in the back of your mind, you don't deserve to be in a relationship. Because you're saying, why would somebody want to be with me? Because I made such a different uh, uh, a choice in my life. Now, here's what makes it even worse. You don't get what you desire. Not all times, because if we did, we wouldn't have to do nothing. We could just desire all day. Oh, I desire some cake, boop, cake, boop, boop. So. I desire Sally to get fired. Boop, Sally got fired. I desire a new car. Boop, there's a new car. Nope, nope, nope. If life worked by desire only, we wouldn't have to do anything. And here's the problem. When we self-judge ourselves, when we condemn ourselves, we may have desires, but if you judge yourself, you will feel you don't deserve it. You may desire to be married. Watch this now. I'm talking to some single people. But self-condemnation says you don't deserve to get married. And I believe a lot of singles are single because they have judged themselves. And why, listen, if you judge you and said, you know what, I, I really don't deserve to be in a relationship. Listen, just because you desire a man don't mean you're going to get one. Just because you desire a woman don't mean you won't get one. Why? Because if you have judged yourself, you will, listen, your spirit will be like a negative magnet. You desire for them to come, and then when they get there, it's like, have you seen those magnets that do this? And so that's what's happening. Every time you meet Junior. So let me give you an idea of what self-judgment sounds like. Because some of you are sitting there going, I don't judge me. Self-judgment sounds like this. I would be further along in my life had I not done this. I would be in a better place financially in my life had I not made this choice. I wouldn't have to deal with all of these babies' mamas had I not. Some of y'all need to get off of Instagram because it's, it's, it's attracting graham crackers. you know what graham crackers do right after you eat them crumbs everywhere and you got crumbs following you on Instagram DMing you you better leave those graham crackers alone I can't find that in the Bible but that's Pastor Abram's wisdom right there so here's the question What steps do we take to overcome self-judgment and condemnation? That's point number two. Are you ready? Point number two is we must understand the positive side of judgment. We must understand the positive side of judgment because there is a positive side of judgment. You say, well, Pastor, how is that? Remember last week, one of my points was most judgments are designed to create pain and punishment. I said most, not all. Why? Because there is a good side of judgment, even in the, in the case with the George Floyd. What's the good side of that? The family feels like they're getting some type of, of, of uh, you know, uh, justice. So there's a good side of a positive side of judgment. Let's look in John 3, 16. I'm going to show you the positive side of judgment. It says, for God so loved the world that he, God, gave his only begotten son. Boy, that was so good of God. Because I don't want to give my only piece of chicken away sometimes. I mean, we. how many want somebody Somebody get that last piece? You don't want to get that last piece. You don't even want to give them your last starburst and God gave his only son. He didn't even get to taste it, you know, like, let me get the other flavors. No, no flavors. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whosoever, watch this now, whosoever believed in him. Should not perish but have everlasting life. Watch verse 17. God sent not his son into the world to condemn. And that word condemn means to judge. He sent him not into the world. Not into the world to condemn the world. Or judge the world. But that the world through his son might be saved. Watch verse 18. He that be, Here's the judgment. He that believes on him. The son is not condemned or judged. But watch this. But he that believes not is judged or condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So this judgment that God made is a two-sided coin. If a person chooses to believe, then guess what? There's a good side. If a person chooses not to believe in Jesus Christ, watch this now, then the judgment of death is real. So guess what? There's a positive side to judgment. Everybody say there's a positive side to judgment. Now I'm going here for a reason. Because if you are judging you. And your judgment is not proper. Then you are condemning yourself. So whoever believes in the son. Not only has everlasting life. There's a positive side of the judgment. But. They're also not condemned. Remember, we read, he that believeth is not condemned. So now I'm about to say something. I'm about to say something that's very, very important. Very, very in fact, just, just touch a name. I know. I know. If you don't know him, don't touch him. But just touch somebody you know and say, you need to pay attention. Now, those of you online, listen, I'm about to say something that's very important. If you go to napping, I'm gonna go to slapping right through that stream. I promise you. Listen to what I'm about to say. So since now I have believed in the son and because I believed in the son, there is now no condemnation my way, no judgment. Now, from God's perspective, listen, he only sees us from the good side of that judgment. When you and I accepted Jesus Christ, God only sees us on the good side of that judgment. You mean there's a good side? Yes. So if God, listen, only sees us from the good side of that judgment, what does that good side look like? Well, if we have the son, listen to this now, then that's the only lens that God sees us through. When you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the only lens that God sees through is that. And when he looks, he sees blood. He sees righteousness. Amen. When Jesus died, when he died for us, he didn't just die so our sins would be forgiven. Listen. His death removed the negative judgment that came with sin. And watch this now. And now his death puts us on the positive side. His death puts us in the category now of being new creations. The NIV version of five, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone. Now let me ask you a question. Who's anyone? I said, Who's anyone? I said, who's anyone? Anyone is everyone, right? And everyone is everybody, right? And then everybody is everybody, right? If anyone is in Christ, listen to the state of that person. They are a new creation. Watch this now. This is going to be important later. The old is gone. And the new has come. Look at the Living Bible. It says when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. He's a new life. His new life has begun. So now listen, from God's perspective, he only sees us from the good side of judgment. Now listen, religion may see what you did and condemned you. Church people might see what you did. And condemn you. Your mama and your parents might saw what you have done and condemn you. Even the world, because they can be very critical, the world might see what you have done and condemn you. And listen, at the end of the day, God is the ultimate judge. And he says about us, if the son therefore has set you free, you are free indeed. So it doesn't matter what the judgment of the world says, the judgment of my parents say, the judgment of what people say, even the judgment of my heart. God's viewpoint of me and you are, we are free. So here's the question I have. Who are you? Listen, church. Who are you to condemn you? If the ultimate judge is not condemning you. Think about that. Who are you to condemn you if the God of the universe has decided not to condemn you? When he sent Jesus and we accepted Jesus, the punishment of judgment went away. So why is it, why do you feel you're such a person with such power? That you can condemn you and the God that you serve says, but I'm not doing that. Watch this now. Here's the question. Why does condemnation happen? Romans chapter 8. Now, this is a lot of reading. I'm, all, I'm working into it, but I'm going to point something out to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It says, therefore, watch this church, there is now, say now, when is now? When? Right now. So when I wake up tomorrow, when is now? Now is then, right? So if I'm alive, now is always in present tense. So he says, therefore, there is now. Watch this. How much condemnation? No condemnation, but not for everybody. He said, because listen, when you don't believe on the sun, you're condemned already. We read that. He said, but therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I think we just need to take a praise break right there. Come on, somebody just praise <laughs> me. No, no condemnation, no judgment, no finding fault because I'm in Christ Jesus. Watch this now. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So that tells me, listen, the feeling of condemnation comes when I walk in the flesh. I didn't say condemnation itself. I said the feeling of it. Because I'm in a non-judgment state. I can't be condemned because I'm in Christ Jesus. We just read that. So if condemnation or the feeling of it comes, it's just the feeling is not the state. It says Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, watch this, has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, watch this, condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk, listen, what, listen to the description of us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Watch verse 6. For to be carnally minded, that word carnally means flesh minded, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Why? Because the carnal mind is an enemy against God and it is not subject to the law of God. Neither can be. Verse 8. So then, watch this, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So when you and I make a choice to function in flesh activities, it doesn't please God, right? Right? Anytime something doesn't please God, that means whatever I'm doing, I'm not doing in faith. Because he says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. So anything that I do outside of faith doesn't please God. And then he says in verse 9, but you, he's talking about us, touch your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. But you are not in the flesh. But you're in the spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. So if I'm in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God is on the inside of me. I'm not of the flesh. And see, that's the problem. I'm going to show you our problem. Our problem is we have the wrong viewpoint of who we are. And see, a lot of times, most people confuse conviction with condemnation see conviction is just the holy spirit saying don't do that or after you do it you need to confess that you don't cuss most of the time the flesh feels good you know it feels good to cuss somebody out it feels good feels, i ain't cussed nobody out in a long time but i know it still i look it used to feel good i know it still feel good how many know it feel good come on how many cuss somebody out lately let me see So here's the question. How can we stop feeling condemnation because we're not in a position to... We're not even in a position of condemnation. Here's point number three as we close. You and I must accept the real me and not the old sin me. I'm going to say that again. We must accept the real me and not the old sin me. See, you're not the old you... Fighting to become the new you. You are the new you resisting that old you. There's a difference. You're not the sick person fighting to be healed. You are the heal fighting and resisting sickness and disease. Listen. You are not poor striving to be prosperous. You are prosperous resisting poverty and lack. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine says, for I know, for you know, the Lord, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor, that you and I through his poverty might be rich. And that word rich is not just spiritual riches it's talking about. See, most of us function like a king who has amnesia. Instead of acting like a king, he acts like a pauper, a poor person. First Peter chapter two, verse 24 says, Jesus, bear his own, uh, his own self, bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. Watch this. By whose stripes we were healed. Here it is. You and I have been allowing sickness all this time when we were already healed. And listen, this is where now. It gets deep. Lots of Christians are sick and some even die prematurely because they are condemning themselves and not discerning who they really are. So now I'm about to show you right now the power of communion. This is why we didn't take it on the front end because I want you to understand this. A lot of Christians over the years have taken communion and they took it wrong. They took it condemning themselves. Watch this now. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Paul says, For I have received of the Lord that which I have delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, watch this church, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Watch this now, this is key. He says, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. When the average person who's taking communion, they're not taking communion remembering him, they're they're taking communion remembering them. I did this wrong. I had to do this. Oh, God, forgive me for this. See, listen, you're taking communion wrong. He says after the same manner, he took the cup. And when he supped, he says, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. He said, listen, I want you to do this. As often as you drink it, who does he say remember? Who? Who? So most people are taking communion remembering them and not him. Now, I'm going to show you why it's so important for us to remember him. Watch verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Verse 27. Whosoever, watch this now, shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Oh, so that means if I take communion wrong, if I take communion unworthily. See, we used to think that means I'm taking it and I'm not saved. Oh, they are unworthy. But see, if our position in our hearts are wrong, you and I can take communion unworthily. I'll show you why. Now, this word unworthily, if you're taking notes, it means irreverently unworthily. Or here's a better one, in an unworthy manner. So verse 28, he says, but let a man, watch this church, this is where we come in at. Let a man examine himself. And so let him eat the bread in the cup. So let me tell you what that word examine means. It means to inspect, watch this, for approval. See, our world don't inspect stuff for approval. They're inspecting stuff for mistakes. When you go to the doctor, he's not looking at how well you are. He's checking you to see if something's wrong. But this word examine means to inspect for approval. It is not an internal examination to find fault or blame with myself. That's why I'm not examining myself to see what's wrong with me. I'm examining myself, watch this, an inspection for approval. And the examination of ourselves should always be, listen now, it should always be from the positive side of God's judgment, which is the finished work of Jesus Christ. In other words, listen, you and I are approved because we are in Christ Jesus. That's why I'm approved when I get it, when I'm taking communion. I'm taking it in an approval state because I'm taking it with the mindset that the only reason I'm righteous is because of what Jesus did for me. It's not because of how I live. It's not because I don't cuss. It's not because I don't drink. It's not because I treat people nice. No, none of that stuff will get you in. The only thing that will get you in is the blood. And the blood has made me approved. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. One of my favorite verses says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who's blessed us with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. All spiritual blessings. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. And then I'm going to jump down to verse 6. It says to the praise of the glory of his grace. Wherein he has made us what? That's why I can take communion, cause I've been accepted. I'm not taking communion, trying to figure out all the wrong I did and confess it before I drink it. No, no, I'm taking communion because I'm in Christ, and because I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation, and because I'm a new creation, old things have passed away. They're not going away. They gone. Say, so, Pastor, why do I still feel it? Because the difference between you feeling it and you uh, uh, walking in it is your mind. That's why you have to renew your mind. Listen, the only reason you cuss is because you learn to do that. Come on, church. So watch this. So when we're taking communion, we should be remembering what Christ did And we should be remembering our position in him. We have been made righteous and we are taking communion to remember what he did and what he made us to be. Second Corinthians 521 says this, for he, God, has made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him? When God, listen, church, I'm trying to get it to you. When God sees you, He only sees righteousness. Man, changes my swag a little now. I'm not a poor worm. I'm I'm a sinner saved by grace. Well, now you used to be a sinner. You can't be one now. You can't be sinner and righteous at the same time. Listen, listen. God is no longer judging us. The only thing that will get judged towards us back in the last, when we die, or when the world ends and the judgment day comes, we're only going to be judged by our works, not by our personhood. There's a difference. So watch this now. First Corinthians 11:29, and we're closing right here. For he that eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. The word damnation, listen, it means judgment and condemnation. He says when we eat or drink the communion unworthily, we drink damnation or judgment to ourselves. He's saying, listen, when you, when you take communion, don't take it based on you. Take it based on who Christ has made you. And then he says, for this cause, many are sick when people take communion wrong. He says, many are sick and weak among you and many sleep. That means die. Watch this. For if we judge ourselves, you said, Pastor Evan, the the topic of the the whole sermon is stop judging you. Listen to this now. For if we would judge ourselves, we we should not be judged. That first word judge, when he says judge yourselves, it means to separate. Watch this. And make a distinction. He says, "When, when it's time for you to take communion. He says, judge yourself. In other words, separate and make sure you make a distinction. I'm not a sinner. I'm a saint. I'm not unrighteous. I've been made righteous. I've been accepted in the beloved. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. That is my distinction. And he says, when you do that, you won't be judged, which means to condemn and call into question. And some people are physically sick. And some emotionally sick because their perspective of themselves when they take communion is from their old sin position instead of their him position. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap just right there. When you take communion, when you walk through life. Let me tell you something. If you. If your heart condemns you. You're not going to have confidence towards God. If you don't have confidence towards God, you're not going to have confidence towards you. But man, your mindset, when you get what I'm talking about, it don't matter what mistake you've made in life. That's That's exactly what it was. A mistake. I'm ready for take two. amen so what's the remedy we must realize that the real me is the christ in me everybody say the real me is the christ in me see now get out your communion cups get them out get them out while you're getting that out may i have one let me say this when you know who you are in him My confidence now is not in the flesh. It's okay. You should look your best and should sound your best and you should do your best. But at the end of the day, the real me is on the inside. And man, when you have confidence coming from the inside out, look, you at another level now. That's when you don't care what people say. Why, why should I, can I, church, why should I care what you say when what God has said to me is more valuable than what you say? So here's what we're going to do. I want you to stand at home. Stand up right there at your feet. Stand up. So what we're going to do today, we're taking communion from the positive side of judgment. What is that? I'm taking it because I'm righteous. I'm taking it because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm taking it because if God on the inside of me is for me, who can be? I'm taking it because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's where I'm taking it from. I'm not taking it from, oh, Lord, I messed up yesterday. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. No, no, no. You see, your mindset about you is on the old seeing you and not on the new you. So you say, well, Pastor Evan, what if the old me try to act up? Remember now, you the new you resisting the old you. You got to talk to yourself. Right before you want to cuss somebody out, say, Evan, 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 Evan. See, I had had to have a talk with somebody. I had had my my, floors being stripped and and buffed and, and all that kind of stuff. And the guy didn't do a good job. He's a Christian. So I said, Landon, what should I say to him? Landon said, well, I would text it. I wouldn't want to say it right to him. <laughs> I said, well, Landon, if you had to say something to him, what would you say? So he, he goes over. I said, well, Landon, I said, here's what I'm going to do, Landon. He did a great job in the shower and in the, in the towel in the restroom. So what I'm going to do is compliment him on what he did good. Then I'm going to let him know that I'm not happy with the kitchen area. And then ask him what is he going to do about it. And then if I start getting some excuses then Elder Eben is going to show up. See y'all didn't know there's three of me. Pastor Eben. Eben. My kids don't call me pastor. Right? You got Pastor Eben, you got Eben, and then you got Elder Eben. Elder Eben is the one that's gonna set you straight. I don't care. I'm gonna tell you the truth. You can be crying. and I'm still gonna be laying you out with that truth. That's what I'm gonna be doing, right? So I said, if he start resisting, I'm gonna lay him out. He started resisting. I said, listen, you overbooked yourself. That's what happened to you yesterday. And you got in a rush with my stuff because he tried. You know, when he came in and he he uh, you know. Uh, checked everything and gave me an estimate after he finished the estimate he was already an hour and a half almost two hours late to the to the appointment so then he had another appointment he needed to go to and he says hey can I come back I said "Ah, if you come back you ain't coming back you should see Landon looking at me and Landon said that's business that's business well this is business Eating this is, listen, is remembering what he done. And when I remember what he's done, I remember who I am in him. Hallelujah. The scripture says on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. He broke it. And he says, take, eat. This is my body that was bruised for you. He said, take it and remember me. So that's what I want you to do right now. Thank you, Jesus, for those 39 stripes you took on your back. Thank you that you died in my place. You went to hell on my behalf. You did that for me to be saved, to be made righteous. And the Bible says he took the cup, which represents the blood. And he says, as often as you take this, he says, do it in remembrance of him. Let's do that now. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your people. Thank you that this word is going to revolutionize our lives. That when we walk out of here, we're walking out as king's kids. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's what you've called us, and that's who we are in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Be seated. Be seated. I'm going to do an altar call real quick. Maybe you're watching me today or you're in this room.